welcome to Med Talks, conversations by medical students for medical students. I'm Deborah, and this is my co-host Joey. Co-host Joey coming in live from his house today. Yeah, shame. Joey, Joey got the COVID, but it's fine. You be strong. Still, still, still isolating, but back yeah. strong soon. Soon, soon. We we can almost see you again. All right, but um, today we are fortunate enough to be going into the realm of biokinetics with our fully qualified biokineticist, Kevin Crossman. Yes, and welcome back to another episode. Thank you to all our listeners, all our fans. Thanks for all the feedback um, that's been coming through lately. We really do appreciate that. Um, sad not to be in studio today with you, Deb and, Debbie and Kevin, but yeah, we'll uh, another you. week and my isolation <laughs> ends. Yeah, then, so, you're um, then you're a free bird. <laughs> Kevin, it's a pleasure to have you on today. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, thanks for you guys to include me. Um, happy to speak and all the questions that you guys are having and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think it's. To be him. Uh, I think it's um. Yeah, these are really good conversations that we're busy having, and um, we were just saying, Joey and I have said previously, like it's incredible how much we actually just learn from these conversations, and you know, kind of figure out what we need to do in our own personal lives, um, mm. in different aspects. So we really appreciate it on a personal level and a professional level. Um, it's, it's so much more to health than just going to a doctor. I mean, no, wow, 100%. there's all these other professions out there. 100%. Like, I think that's the thing. We can't take it all on ourselves. It's way too much. But yes, anyway, so as we normally do, let's just jump right into it. Kevin, what is a biokineticist and what are the fundamental principles of it? No pressure. You're oh. representing all biokineticists, so sure. let's go. Yeah, I thought that was a great <laughs> conversation, actually. Okay, so biokinetics, um, it's still a young profession. Um, if I say young, I think it's just over 50 years. Sure. Um, it's also a profession that actually started in South Africa. Sure. So it's, it's oh, patriotic. Yeah. It's proudly South African. That's incredible. Mm. And it's um yeah, it's part of HPCSA. So we, we are on the networks there, but we are more outpatient. Um we we, we work with more of the people that post physio, um okay. if you think of orthopedics. So my special interest is more orthopedics. So a lot of my conversations okay. will be focused a bit more on that. Great stuff. Maybe Joe and I can learn a thing or two. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, so basically, if I just jump in, like some definitions. And, yeah. You know, so first, the boring stuff, but it's important. And, um, you know, I mean, biokinetics, it's all about life and it's all about movement. So our motto is life through movement. Sure, um, okay. And yeah. it's always, it's, it's a science of basically, and the movement and the application of exercise for real rehabilitation and performance. So we are basically, if you okay, if you're asking about the the main principles or fundamental principles, mm -hmm. we are about scientifically proven program prescription. That is basically our modality, and we focus basically on health promotion, uh, the maintenance of physical abilities, and then the final phase rehab. So we that's basically the orthopedic side mostly, okay. and the special pops. But uh, if we focus even further, we do work with quite a few chronic patients. Um, okay. It's a, you know, like I said, we've got quite a quite a big range of patients, and um, but I'm going to speak mostly on orthopedics. Okay. And um, yeah, we basically just want to keep people moving. That's the important thing. So if you want to think of the fundamental thing is movement. Everyone is lazy nowadays, and mm -hmm. everyone sits around. And you know, with COVID happening as well, yeah, everyone is mm -hmm. at home and home offices. And you know, Joey as well, you know, just <laughs> can't come in yet to sit at home. <laughs> and um, we want you guys. I just to moved to my bed from my bed to my computer. Literally, I need more movement. <laughs> wow, Joey. Work up a sweat there. <laughs> Such hard work. 
So yeah, it's basically we just need to get people moving. But if you go a bit deeper into it and orthopedic level, uh, we're focusing on the final phase rehab. So okay. we want to get to a place where if a person is injured and they've they've gone through the rehab with with the surgeon, if they had surgery, mm-hmm. um, or even with the physio. And the physio's main thing then, you know, they focus a lot on working with the patient exactly after surgery or even, you know, while they're still in hospital. And mm-hmm. they get to yeah, the point that where... that initial mobilization. Exactly. And they, of course, have to focus a lot more on manipulation and, you know, focus on the range of motion and um, the swelling has to go down and that initial activation of muscles. Okay. Um, they do go further okay. into it, but... If we say final phase of rehab, we that's always our like our checks. If a patient comes from a visit to us, then we check, okay, has the range of motion improved? Has it actually been able to are they able to like weight bear? Okay. Are they able to handle the pain if we do exercise? Because that's the main thing of, of bios. It's um we focus on p- um program prescription for exercises and you know, it's also home programs, but it's always best in the beginning to come see us yeah. in our practice. So, but I think that's such a nice way to say it. It's like you literally use exercise as your medicine. Yeah. Basically, at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. And it's just making sure and reassuring that we don't have another injury in the future. Because I think that's another thing that happens, obviously, when you have an injury, you build up all that scar tissue, and then you feel like you might be a little bit better, and you go and, you know, injure yourself again because you actually didn't complete your rehab properly yes correct and what we also focus on uh, it's it's always post post injuries but our like my biggest motto in bio is prevention is always better than cure this is true as well so where mm. we work with a lot i mean we fortunate enough to work with discovery and all that with their vitality fitness assessments okay and unfortunately the public does just use it mostly to get their points it's uh, <laughs> it is a little thing discount on flights <laughs> And um, but it's actually quite important. Uh, so I mean, I work with the discovery part. We do work with momentum as well. But it's basically the fitness assessment. Um, when people hear that, they do get a bit scared because they think, okay, it's exactly. fitness. You know, we need to sleep test coming up. Exactly. Yeah, basically. Um, but it's actually a lot to do with uh, we we do you know we make them do some exercises, but they think you know cool in the beginning it's just a lunge or it's you know just a squat. But for us, we're looking at mm-hmm. how the biomechanics is from from the body and how. You know where there's imbalances and how the ah, people get and probably on how they're compensating sure. and exactly. what leg is. So uh, eventually, people get a fright if they, they never did a fitness assessment, and then afterwards they get this whole page and they sit down with us and they're like, "Well, listen, here's a few problems that we need you to work on. We're gonna send you a program, and you need to please work on these exercises." And everyone's like, "Oh, well, I just thought we came here for some points." Yeah, so. and then you're just like, well, by the way, we're trying to make you healthier, people. It's not just for your points. But that's so interesting. But, and you spoke, yeah. So, sorry, Debbie. Um, no, I just wanted to um, ask a bit about the biomechanics. What exactly do you mean by the biomechanics? So, uh, biomechanics, okay, so this is also where, uh, with biokinetics, what I really enjoy about is, let's say, for instance, I mean, again, my special interest is orthopedics, especially the knee. Mm. Um, if someone comes in with a knee injury, um, it's not always because I'm sure you guys or every, every profession has always heard this. Listen, I've got knee pain, I've got knee pain or something yeah. like that. <laughs> and then, you know, you say, okay, cool, we're going to do exercise for knee. And then you give them, let's say, like just a, you know, just a quad activation of us. And then they're like, well, no, it's not it's not the muscle, it's the knee. And they, they're almost thinking the muscles are the knee. So if you say, you know, the knee is injured, they mm. expect exercise for the knee. They don't expect you're going to work the quad and the hamstring. 
Yeah, so, but they don't understand like how it all kind of comes exactly. together and supports one mm. another. Okay. And then if you go further with the biomechanics, it's again, so you, cool, the, the, the symptoms are coming from the knee. So they have the pain in the knee, but then we look at the biomechanics on how someone is balancing, how they are walking, and how the ankle and the hip, for instance, it's like is affecting yeah. the knee. Yeah. So, I mean, if those are out, I mean, with a mm. little story as well, like yeah, in lockdown, um, I'm seeing quite a lot of patients at the moment for some some knee and some hip issues because everyone you know sat around and then suddenly yeah. they were like cool well comrades they didn't change the dates for qualifications oh wow so <laughs> we need to just go straight Let's to our get normal back into routine. this running it does not and sound like a great idea no, so everyone comes back and i mean a cool story as always when people started doing the running around the houses during uh, the lockdown yeah. phase one or 1.1 1. Mm-hmm. 1. whatever we and, were in um, <laughs> and everyone was running the, the same way around their house all the time and where these people usually do like 20k's a day they they struggle off to 5k's and then they you know they're like what the hell's going on but then they don't realize like you know running around the house the same way is compensating more on one side or working more on one side all the time because you not that's a good point and then also with the unevenness of the grass it's not a road run your Mm. ankles are going to affect it so then the people are like a lot more energy actually exactly and then there's a lot of you know, issues that will eventually arise from that. And they're like, okay, no, it's, it's, it's not the house running. It's probably just, you know, I've been sitting on the couch. But, sure. yeah, so. Wow, it's, uh, that's actually, like, so incredible. And it's not something that you would generally think of. And I think I, mm. with my experience with athletes in particular, um, there's not really, it seems like enough, um, or they're not aware of the science behind I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but like the science behind like the injuries, for instance, like they're very unaware of that and there's not a lot of guidance for them. Um, I think with mm. the elite athletes, they've of course got their teams. So they they probably know more than a lot of people actually. Yeah. But if it's not... But it's, it's the weekend warriors. Exactly. That. The mm-hmm. It's the weekend warriors and the people that, you know, they're starting out with running and they're like working towards comrades because mm. comrades, of course, is still one of the biggest uh, races here in South Africa. And yeah. uh, it's it's one of those things where there's elite athletes, but it's a lot to do with the amateurs. And a lot of the amateurs, they come and they want to, you know, it's a goal for them and they get a lot of injuries before and after and during. And it's just a bit of a roller coaster. Exactly. But as you said, prevention so, is better than cure, uh, guys. Get yeah. yourself a biocanusis before you want to run the comrades. <laughs> yeah, it makes a lot of sense to to analyze almost your, your biomechanics, if I could put it in that term, before you start jumping into a certain type of exercise. Because, I mean, we all have certain compensations and muscles Mm -hmm. that are weaker because of this and this. I think that's so important and there's so many of us that can benefit from it. And and people must also remember with, if they've had injuries in the past, so always you ask, you know, in Hop's history, ask about previous injuries because we ask them and then, you know, if there's a question Mm -hmm. that always, when have you had previous injuries? And it's always, no, you know, nothing really. And then when we're halfway through our rehab (laughs) and then suddenly we're not getting the, Result, uh, the progress yeah. where we should be and then we ask listen why why are you still like always feeling your hamstrings like oh no but I actually had a little tear one um, in my hamstring <laughs> the one time but that <laughs> is like that is like know. six years ago so I didn't think it was like relevant you know like it's very relevant actually exactly so it's, it's it's I think yeah I think it's just the I mean the people are not informed and obviously with like muscle healing and ligament healing people don't really always understand how that happens as well and that would if they kind of had a better understanding of the physiology of that maybe they'd you know, respect their bodies a bit more. Exactly. Okay, Joey, I think we can move on. Perfect. So, Kevin, how does one qualify as a biokinetist? 
So with the qualification, so it's it's changed over the years. Um, I think that still doing a, no, it's, it's 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 a it's a working progress still. Okay. Um. So mm-hmm. currently, I'm not 100 percent sure every university um actually does offer it. I do know them. You know the top universities. I don't want to sound mm-hmm. bad here now. Uh, the ones we all know. <laughs> the ones we all know. Um, but I'm just going to explain basically how I qualified, and then basically I think it's still the same. But some universities mm-hmm. have changed, and some have different programs. And uh, yeah. s- you know, some have changed from a BA to a BSc to a, it's some are actually in the health sciences, and oh, wow, it's okay. it's completely it's completely changed. So, for instance, like with me, um, or let's say everyone that I know of, it's it's a five year degree basically. Oh wow! So it's a three-year undergrad. Okay. Um, three-year undergrad. Then it's you know you focus on in your third year. You eventually want to start deciding. Okay, cool. Is it more sports science that you want to go into? Is or is it more bio uh, bio uh, biokinetics? Okay. Or is it more you know some people go more in sports management. So the first two years are very very broad. It's almost I would say like um, medical sciences. Uh, so uh, you're not exactly sure yeah. exactly which route you want to take. Is it a BSc or a BA, the, the one that you did? So my undergrad was a BA. Okay, that's so interesting. The, uh, that was a tux. Um, I do know, for instance, at FITS, they've got a different program where it's a four-year program where you from it's a BSc from at FITS. And okay. then as soon as you get to honors, it's still a selection process. Oh, wow. So, yes, at tux, it was three years. And then I did my honors then eventually at, at university at FITS. Okay. And... The big thing with with biokinetics that we're trying to keep it a bit more, you know, elite. I want to say um, mm. because it's, it's the, not elite, but it's it's they only take when I was there they sh- they were supposed to only take ten people per year, per um per honors. Oh my word! Uh, elite is the right word, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's quite uh, tough to get in. <laughs> yes, so it's it's yeah, it's uh, but it is growing. So the the one problem that I've seen though with the universities, we huh? because we private sector. And mm-hmm. the universities, they do it with, in honors level especially, we do do quite a few community works. Okay. So we do go into Soweto, we've worked in Diplurf, so Chawelo, and mm-hmm. we work with the communities, which I loved. Honestly, it was great. Yeah. But that's where it stops, because as soon as you're done with university, it's only private practice. Oh, wow. That's and so unfortunate. That's a shame. That's exactly. It's almost not, a, like, not really fair, you know. Uh, especially because we see the benefits. Um, yeah. And uh, but the problem is, of course, the communication and where a private practice gets involved with the communities, mm. and it's difficult because you know the universities technically control it in in our country, if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, well, it's pretty much the same with medicine. It's the yeah. same with our medicine medical degree as well. Yeah. So yeah. So then. After honors, then of course, like Zuma years, we don't have a Zuma year because we're not in the uh, we in private. Okay. So then we've got our practical year as internship. So then to okay. become a bio at the end, you have to finish your internship. Okay. And that's that requires one year, or if you do make a plan with some places that you can do it over two years, uh, like part time. Oh, okay. But it's mostly you know you, you try it one year it, because yeah. now the other the other problem with this, and um, I've been seeing uh, Barca our our board, um, yeah. they've been working on it, and it's a very, it's a very intriguing, it's a very uh, tough situation. Of there's not enough mm. private practices now that are willing to or big enough to take in internships. Oh. So now there's a backlog in interns, and yeah. then the university can't always take all the people for internship. So it's becoming a bit, you know, we it's a, it's a topic that it's been discussed and yeah. they need to push. Yeah, it's a complex issue that needs to be solved. Exactly. And this is where we, we trying to, I think they're trying to push a lot for us to get involved with the hospitals and 
you know, I mean, we work. It's not just orthopedics or that we work with, and I think a lot of, yeah. a lot of professions do know this because we do work with cardiac, we do work with chronic, we do work with special pops, and even just the elderly, you know, geriatrics. Yeah. We we work yeah. with them. It's and I think it's almost um, it's so unfortunate that our population that can't afford private healthcare is not accessible to you. Yes. You know, because it is at the end of the day kind of doing them an injustice. So. I mean, as you said, it is a new and developing um, sector. So hopefully that can really be pushed in the future because I'm pretty sure we'll see so many benefits of it. It's definitely. Yeah, honestly. They've, they've, yeah. they've started moving as well from, you know, we uh, we working with more. It's, it's I think everyone's starting to see the, the benefit of just movement. That's the yeah. important thing. It's no longer, you know, take a pull, take, take medicine, take this. Uh, I mean, if mm. I think of me to talk to the surgeons and the doctors that I work with, uh, the shift has it's slowly occurring now. They, you know, it's not always go straight straight into surgery. It's about listen. Let's try conservative therapy first. Yeah, which will be so and much better and beneficial. Exactly, and I mean, in my in my experience, ninety um, percent of the patients that's been sent to me that had to have surgery first doesn't mm. need surgery anymore. Well, that's wonderful. It's it's awesome. stage. It's but, gonna, yeah. But I think um, no, I think that's really important. And I think you guys would actually probably like cut the workload of like, for instance, the orthopedic surgeon in half. Yes. You know, if you just if we were more preventative. I mean, if you just think of one of the number one killers of geriatric patients is hip fractures. So if we did more, um, I know, for, I know, for instance, you can a biokinetics can give you exercises to try and enhance your bone density. So if that is like just something that we started to implement, that's a great way forward. Exactly. Um, but it's, it's again, it's, you need to, so again, I think I did explain this in the beginning. Yeah. It's about the program prescription. And it, we can't just, so that is the main thing. As well. We're not just a personal trainer. That's what a lot of people not do sometimes all, yeah. happen. Is we have scientifically proven yeah. um, exercises that say, listen, come do these mm. exercises. And it's <coughs> not just, you know, there's one program for everyone. It's, we look at you as one person and we're like, okay, cool, listen, yeah. this will be better for you. You can't, okay, cool, you can't do the exercise uh, with weight bearing. We've Let's, got exercise yeah. on the bed. Let's do prone exercises, yeah. exercises. And again, like I said, it's uh, we've seen the benefits in this. We've seen the benefits with, especially the elderly, uh, especially arthritis, um, mm. osteoarthritis, uh, especially in my opinion. Um, a lot of people, they go straight to, to, the, to the surgeon to get cuts, but... Yeah, and at mm. the end of the day, like, what and is that you, actually? Yeah, Jerry? If your first port of call is a surgeon um, with knee pain, I mean, a surgeon isn't going to be like, why don't you just go to the biochemist? He's going to be like, okay, let's see what we can do. That's what he knows. That's, that's his profession. So yeah. there's, exactly. there's been calls a lot where people are like, no, but surgeons just want the money. And, you know, uh, unfortunately, um, like, people um, think when you, Yeah, and when you're in private, especially, I think that's one thing also people need to understand. It's a business. Exactly. So but, at, but at the end of the day, it's it's, it's not, not just the business. It's actually the surgeon is a surgeon. Yeah. He's not he's not a GP anymore. He's not a mm. bio. He's not a physio. He's he's not a specialist. If a person walks into the door, it's, listen, it's surgery or not surgery. That's, that's yeah. his job. <laughs> basically. It's his slow chop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you need surgery? Yes, no. No, but and um, I think one thing I really was fascinated by 
when I was started to understand surgery more is the physical impacts that actually has on a person, like on your lung. Um, yeah, not just yeah, capacity. surgery, the anesthesiology of it. Eh? Yeah, yeah, it's actually insane. So if you can avoid it, that would actually be the best. And once again, coming back to one of the number one killers of like geriatric patients, they have like a hip fracture, they go under um, surgery, their lung functions deteriorate, and then, you know, they get, pneumonia and die that's how it goes but we can avoid that and it's kind of a relief to know that we can and it's it's also you know it's we also speak about post-surgery now but if you need surgery there's certain situations where you do need surgery yes the prehab is very important as well for the rehab afterwards yeah because it cuts the time by if i mean two three weeks at least yeah so if you need rehab it's it's great you need you need to get involved there kevin to to me it just sounds like Poor on, I don't know who's responsible for you not being able to, um, not being able to work in the public sector. But it feels like it's an injustice to the public sector that there aren't biokineticists. I'm only seeing pros and positives that you guys yeah. can provide to all these patients. It just doesn't make any sense. Again, I think it's you know because we're still a young profession, and mm. uh, it's always been that if you look overseas, um, it's always be. I think I think it's. There's a few topics to it. Um, it's a very difficult situation. Uh, but like I said, because we're still a young profession, it is a bit difficult. Mm. But I think the, another problem and what I've seen mm. is actually the way also of all the professions, we don't always work together. And yeah. no one no Agreed. one teaches the public. Yet. I mean, the, the other part is everyone's always, if you have a problem, go to your GP first. Yeah, that's the first protocol. I think that is not always correct. Mm. Because if it's now, let's say, a muscle injury, you don't always have to go to a, to a, to a GP first because yeah. they, they got, well, you're going to see them and they'll probably be like, okay, cool, there's no red flags. <laughs> Maybe it does work. Yeah, but, some, I don't know, insects. Yeah, anti-inflammatories. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. So, so it is very important. But if people just understand, you know, you don't have to go straight to to a surgeon first, for instance, that's more the protocol that I'm trying to get you is yeah. if you go straight to, you know, say come to a, come to a physio first or come to a bio first and we yeah. can be like, listen, you don't need to even go see a surgeon. Let's first try do the conservative therapy. Let's get you better. It, it will make you feel better. If it yeah. doesn't, then we've tried our best and worst case scenario, you've done prehab for surgery. Yeah. And so, then actually it benefits you at the end of the day as well. Um, but no, I think that's, um, that's why I'm very happy that we're doing the season because it's helping educate our younger doctors to be like, okay, now you need to look out for when can I, because patients are, that's what they know to come to a GP. But if you, if we, as you know, a young workforce are more aware of mm. our, our allied, the allied healthcare professional. Yeah. We and we can be like, them. okay, and we can manage patients a lot better. And on that point, students, please go to your PPE days. There's those days that there are actually days that we work with each other. And I know myself, but I know a lot of people that I've spoken to, they're like, okay, we've got tests coming. It's a block. So let's, uh, I don't want to go learn about other practices or other people or professions. I need to focus on myself. It's quite important. It's um, very close. It's a very close-minded approach, to be honest with you. It's a check at students. We <laughs> we want to pass, you know? Yeah. So. Actually, Kev, Kevin, I'm guilty. I remember I, I skipped that day. So... <laughs> yes, I didn't. Um, all right. So I think we've spoken about briefly um, what are the type of patients that you see and you said that you prefer to work with your orthopedic patients, but can you just give us more of like a 
Yes. Um, okay, so there's we work with quite a, a big range of people. That's what I'm saying. With exercise, you can technically work with every person because yeah. it is important and it's very good. But if you go a bit more in depth, I mean, the categories basically there's chronic, there's ortho, there's special props. Um, so if I can just think on top of my head, like mm-hmm. uh, for orthopedic, it's you know we work with the the big thing we must understand with uh, with exercise or with biokinetics, we're not working the joint. So if you come to us, we're not saying we're going to work your joint. We're working on muscles. We're okay. working the muscles. So okay. we're not a chiro that manipulates with the spine or with <laughs> okay. the joint. Um, and we're also not masseuses, so we don't massage. <laughs> but we exercise the muscle. We work with a lot of muscle atrophy. We work with joint mm. instabilities. And then the muscle imbalances, of course, how that leads to different things like scoliosis. And mm. um, again, like uh, also then we can go more still with orthopedics of sports performance and getting further to that and also return to play. So that's something I also really enjoy doing is return to play because that step does get, um, get ignored quite a lot mm-hmm. where you need to get back to the situation. You can't, you know, get stronger. And then from a physio, be like, cool, me as a patient, I'm feeling fine now because I'm, I don't have pain anymore. There's no mm. swelling. I can move normally. Let's just go run again. And a yeah. lot of people do that. So they skip the last, well, our phase of rehab and then, sure. Two months later, doing the same thing, same injury. Oh, so it's very important. Um, but then, yeah, then we also work with uh, chronic and special pops. So from we work with Parkinson's, uh, four risk for geriatrics, wow. uh, CP, um, even with autistic kids. Uh, it's quite important, you know, just get, getting them active. Sure. Um, everyone, anyone no- can benefit eh, from movement and exercise. Yeah. I had no idea this field was so huge. I'm always surprised. <laughs> but again, it's it's exercise. Mm. It's we we've gotten to the lifestyle now of we know exercise are important, but scientifically proven exercises now with us mm. is yeah. one step even better. Yeah. So even with exactly, and one thing I think there's a lot of research happening right now. Um, I mean, I've, I've read quite a few with how the exercise, of course, post COVID. Or going forward, so that's actually so interesting because I can imagine obviously a lot of people think that COVID is just like the flu, but it's um, <laughs> it's actually quite a vascular illness, as far as I'm aware, and it really obviously affects your lungs exactly. Like. But also, what people don't get is cool, you've got COVID, you get better. But mm-hmm. I mean, I know quite a few people that were one of the first. People that actually had COVID in the country, um, and they they have after effects now that you know it's it's from cardiac effects, it's from yeah. lung issues, it's from it's 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 it, it's range. like such a and I I actually saw um I think in America they have their first um post COVID rehab clinic because of the lung effects um or you know your your post yeah. effects um from COVID and obviously this is such a new field but these patients are left feeling really helpless. Um, with these side effects, like their whole lives exactly. have been turned upside down. So yeah. it's nice that there's kind of hope for them. Exactly. And I think this is a big chance and I, I, I'm really hoping to push this um, for biokinetics to get involved in the, in the, in the public sector with this. Yeah. Because it is a massive issue and I don't think people actually realize or understand, okay, cool, it's COVID. I get better. A lot of us don't even know people that had COVID. Mm-hmm. And if you did, you know, you feel better already, but mm. the after effects are, long afterwards but there's no research we don't we've never had this before so the the fatigue syndromes the the heart issues the lung issues and if exactly like david just said with um the the clinics in america if we can start something like that and 
it doesn't even have to be a clinic yet, but we can just get Winston's Bios involved with the public sector. Yeah. And we can start it and you can, you know. Yeah, it could be could the be first a, step in integrating them into the public health sector. Exactly. Sure. And I mean, uh, like I said, uh, when we were in university, we were already working with it. And that was mostly with diabetes and hypertension. Mm. Mm. So it's, you know, controlling that so through exercise and especially with the with the, the elderly there as well with arthritis. So, yeah. Well, but I think that's the thing. Hey? Like, um, oh, it's so underrated. The doctor's like, oh, you need to fix your diet and exercise. But we need scientifically proven you know, yeah, workout program. What does it help for us to, to tell them, Debbie, literally, you need to exercise and be active. And I mean, as a yeah. patient hearing that, you're like, okay, cool. What do I know of exercise and being yeah. active? That's where people just jump into. Um, I mean, I love CrossFit, guys. Please don't hate on me. But <laughs> people just jump into CrossFit and they think, cool, I can do this. Yeah. So I know some CrossFit places, they do it perfectly where I, I enjoy it where they, they have beginner classes they teach the techniques but mm. I've seen a few where they just jump straight into you know let's go squat uh, and do snatches and all that and <laughs> it's someone who's never done snatches mm-hmm. in their life and no you're setting yourself up for so, so exactly that situation of we need to speak and be like listen not just saying go do exercise yes and and I think that's like a huge part literally I mean in all of our management plans we wrote um, a test a couple of days ago and even with that it's just diet exercise but nothing further that's all like that's all we can give you we're not nutritional or biochemicist specialists i mean that's how we need these people exactly exactly okay and then on that this is a very interesting topic and this is something that i really want to know i'm sure many people have asked you this what is the difference between a biochemist and a physiotherapist uh, this okay. So, Boom, you got to <laughs> so <laughs> don't piss any physios off. <laughs> I love you guys. I promise. <laughs> so it's it's a very vague. Um, so the problem with this because biokinetics was started in, in South Africa and physios, of course, all over the world, and it's integrated with every country. Kind of does physio differently because every country mm-hmm. is different, and especially African countries, we've got a bigger. A community where you know have to work with in i mean for instance in barra like it's the world's yeah. biggest hostel and physios get involved there so i'm not going to go too in depth of physios because i'm not yeah. a physio we understand but the difference or let's say my my understanding um so i'm going to again focus on orthopedic because that's mostly where people always don't know the difference between bio yeah. and physio yeah. so again bio is the late phase of rehab it's the last phase so you would first go let's let's put a person basically involved so let's say debbie she ran and she tore acl damn it she needs surgery Tragic. yeah so first of all if she's able to still you know the acl is there it's not as bad as okay it would be swollen and yeah. Very painful yeah but, so before surgery you'd sometimes some people would come to us and do a bit of prehab okay. but it's that doesn't happen a lot mm. but the bigger thing is guys debbie goes and has surgery She's still in hospital. That's when a physio will start. Okay. She'll she'll talk to to the to the surgeon and they'll say, okay, cool, we need to work on this. And in my perspective, and with physio, uh, their main goals in that situation that it's very very crucial is getting the range of motion back to normal 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 levels, yeah, normal yeah um, to decrease the pain. Okay. So it's all about you know. They, they can't do anything if they're in pain. Yeah. So they need to decrease the pain to bearable, um, bearable levels. And then, of course, they need to decrease the swelling. And now how do they do that is 
if how I understand physio is, is they're more hands-on. Okay. They are about manipulating. Okay. So they are, you know, massaging it, releasing yeah. it, small movements. Really, you know, they're there to help out. Okay. They, they're getting that swelling, those three main points down to the point where they can eventually get the person to start walking. And then after that, then they usually refer on. Okay. But it is very a gray area. And this is why there is sometimes conflict between the two professions because in both physio and bio, there isn't actually a class that says, this is the goals. This is where you should stop. Uh, okay. This is where you should refer on. Okay. Because uh. we, both, we, we both do exercise. We do both. But how I understand it is, we pres- as, as a biokineticist, we prescribe exercises. Okay. We prescribe programs. Okay. They don't prescribe programs. Their modality is manipulation. Okay. So that's my uh. biggest thing. Um, but again, we do overlap in a lot because if, if again, if we take Debbie's situation here, yeah, she's My inpatient, she's inpatient and outpatient. So mm. physios do work outpatient as well. And it's even branched out further because physio is a very old, um, profession where they've branched out now to sports physios. They've transferred, you know, even further and had a, a lot more branches where bio yeah, is still just bio. Still- so that's, I think, where a big problem is coming out in, and it's not helping the gray area because now suddenly it's like there's the fundamentals, but now the other branch of sports therapy, for instance, with uh, physiotherapy is even different. So it, it is a very gray area and it okay. is a tough, uh, tough um, question. But how, again, like I said, yeah. if you need to get stronger and you need to get that last phase of exercises in because the physio works on you, there's no more swelling, there's no more pain, and you can actually move full range. And they've, you know, given you a bit of exercise just to get you moving. Yeah. That's when they should refer on. That's okay. what my understanding is of physical. But I think, you, yeah, phys- I think you've done a good, uh, a good job of answering that question. It really has cleared it up in my mind. Um, many, yeah. I've, I've been injured, injured lots of times playing rugby and always I'll go see a physio. And then after seeing the physio and the physio would be like, tell, I think you're, you're good now. I've treated you. And then always getting back into training and all of that, it is so difficult. You're always like, you feel like you're prone to another injury. And in that case, it would have been perfect to see a biokineticist. Well, now you know. Make an appointment. Again, it's, it's the late phase. And <laughs> um, another thing that uh, I think we spoke about it earlier as well was, um, and here I can be wrong. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but how I also understand it is if it's a physio with manipulation and all that, they would, for instance, on the ACL, they would work the knee, the hamstring and everything, all the muscles around it. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't now look uh, how that knee is affecting the back, for instance. Uh, so, for for instance, with me, I look a lot and I see it a lot with if people have knee injuries, they're getting back issues. Yeah. And then they don't really think, okay, the back issue is from, caused from the knee. Uh, and that's going back to the biomechanics is, okay, how is this actually affecting from the ankle, from the hip, and how is yeah. everything changing to go into the back? Sure. And so we look at more the holistic view almost of the entire body because the, the physio did the hard graft and work for us basically and focused on what the big injury was. Yeah. And then we have to be like, cool, thanks. How you guys fix this. Everything? How do we make sure everything comes together yeah. at the end and it doesn't happen okay. again to get you back to where you were or even better. That's well put. I guess you must have a lot of fun. I don't know if you ever play this game, but like when you're in a shopping center and then you try to oh, diagnose people. People hate <laughs> me for that. <laughs> Especially when friends come see me. And, and you're uh, just like, okay, well, I see you've got a you little know, bit just, of a... You're walking a very social. Yeah. Well, you can't say that. You have to go to them and be like, listen, you can't just approach them and be like, hi, ma'am, I think you're in a high risk for, you know, some knee issues or back issues in the future. Um, Here's my number. Please come see me. <laughs> but, 
No, because I must admit, like, I really love, like, um, especially watching when people walk. I love to look at their gait and try and, like, see what they Analyze, gait. Yeah. yeah. I'm not very good at it, but that's why I, I, I practice it. <laughs> but, yeah, um, but then I think you follow them because then you're walking a bit too long in woolies after <laughs> them and you're like, well, like, yeah, you haven't taken food yet, but you've been looking at my ankles for the last like, 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe you just have great angles. I don't know. Might be your thing. Um, okay, I think that we can move on. Kevin, could you take us through one of the cases that has had a lasting impact on you and your career so far? Okay, um, I've had quite a few. I'm not going to lie. Uh, some easy ones, some fun ones. Uh, it's it's a lot to do with the patient, I guess. Mm, um, yeah. It's one that's actually really stuck, and it's quite a recent one. And I think part of it was because I was in COVID situation. Mm-hmm. So, of course, uh, we weren't as lucky initially in that first lockdown uh, as buyers to get a, get a, as, uh, what do you call it, a almost pa- an yeah, exemption pass, yeah. or pass yeah. to first work level. Oh, so, wow. we, of course, went virtual and we started working, you know, online. But that's, I, I mean, that's not the same. A lot of people do enjoy it. Some people really do like it mm-hmm. because, let's say, I, I would say a lot, with the, especially with the elderly, yeah. They don't have to come in. They don't have okay, to do this. Yeah. So they can do everything at home. It's and convenient. the exercises they are doing are, you know, sitting and standing and more the activities of daily yeah. living. So that does work, but that's not my my favorite. So I like to be, again, I like to see exactly what's happening when they mm. are doing the exercises. 100%. But, so there was one case. Um, he, he had osteoarthritis mm-hmm. okay. and severe atrophy. And, I mean, it was late stages of osteoarthritis. And... Where, we which, to, which joints? So with the um, shoulders, the humeral. Okay. Um, okay. and it was the right shoulder, and the problem here was he went to a lot of people, and he's been to a bar before where he didn't enjoy again. He didn't enjoy the the slow exercises, and because there is a bit of tedious exercise, especially yeah. in the starting point. Mm. But now he's seen a lot of professions, and then he even tried. He went to some place to, you know, do the stem cell. Stem cell injections. Oh, wow. And I, I don't know anything about it, so I'm not going to speak about it. Yeah. But uh, it, um, it's a very, it's a, it's one way some people say there are benefits to it. Some say there aren't. Um, okay. So there's not enough research to actually speak about it. But so, yeah, so osteoarthritis in the shoulder. And we started just before lockdown. And, you know, it went well. It, it, from the start, I mean, he only had um, shoulder abduction to about 20 degrees. Oh he could only lift his shoulder or his arm like that basically high. Can't even so he his life was impeded. Like he yeah. couldn't do much. He not can't even lift wash anything. your hair. Can't brush your teeth. Like. Exactly. <laughs> it was, uh, it was can't even get a beer out of the fridge. Tragic. <laughs> and I mean, you've got two arms, but I get what you say. <laughs> the one gets tired, you can't hold it. <laughs> but it was a problem, you know, just lift things. And he, he said he couldn't do much and this has now been for 10 years we it's been a big struggle he couldn't do too much so it was a really long progress uh i mean process was within eventually with um lockdown so fortunately uh i got him a program to do and again patients please do the exercise that we give you it's not just a souvenir um it's really really important for you type it up you know just for a good time exactly and um so i sent them through and he for the first two months in lockdown he did everything on himself and mm-hmm. he got back and everything eventually got stronger but he was still not able to you know get better yeah. and it went we worked really long i mean he came twice twice a week to me sometimes three times a week to me sure. um because he's like cool he's starting to see the benefits and it got better and got better 
And eventually, I think after three three months, eventually when we were able to start working again, mm-hmm. he came back and he's like, cool, it's feeling a lot better. And then I think after the fourth, fourth month of our rehab, he went back to the surgeon that initially said he needs surgery. Mm-hmm. And the surgeon said no surgery is needed anymore. Oh. So that was, I mean, he's How incredible eyes lit up and he was like, oh, this is awesome. And he hasn't even done the stem cell research yet or do <laughs> oh, uh, it. And yeah, then the surgeon was really happy and he sent me a message and said, listen, continue what you're doing and it's Jeez. working. Whatever you're doing. That's fantastic. So right? it, it was great to just see, yeah. you know, again, it's, um, it's one of those, I mean, I, Everyone in, in the health profession, you know, when you see a patient smile up and, you know, it's getting like better. It's best feeling. So you get like adrenaline. You're cool. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> um, but yeah, everything went well. And actually last week was the last session I had with him. And our full program or full rehab was about eight months. Sure. And he's able to lift his, his arm now above 90 degrees. He can do wow. push-ups. He said it was the first time he could do push-ups in more than 10 years. Sure. And yeah, he's he's... What an incredible Back to normal, so it was it was great. So what an incredible story though, hey. Oh. And I think this is like this is obviously exactly why you're here. To just kind of give people that quality of life again. Because yeah. that's so that is such a debilitating, you know, thing to have osteoarthritis in your shoulder. Especially with osteoarthritis, um people have this perspective on it where they say, Don't do anything, relax, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I sit. Don't move something. <laughs> Because, you know, if you move it, it's going to break. And <laughs> mm. that's exactly the problem is yeah. that you're making it worse. You should get movement. Again, our profession is all about movement. It's life through movement. Mm. And with movement, you're getting a, the, the joints moving, which is making the muscles yeah. working. And it, it's, it's just supporting the entire joint. So it's so, just at the end of the day. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's great. Do yourselves a favor, guys. Um, we can move on a bit of a personal note here, Kevin. Why did you decide um, to become a biokinesist and has it been what you expected it to be? Um, initially, no, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do. Uh, really? I wasn't really sure what I wanted to mm-hmm. do, uh, but I've always been interested. I always had an interest in health and I always in, had interest in sports. So initially, I actually wanted to become a doctor. Um, first year, didn't go as well. Uh, <laughs> did the... Uh, you know, I wasn't sure exactly what I wanted. Yeah. And I didn't want to do the medical sciences. So I initially started my BSc with human physiology, genetics, and psychology. Oh, wow. Okay. And a triple major. It was great. But <laughs> can imagine. <laughs> um, no life for you. No life. <laughs> so me still being a lot involved with sports, uh, especially my hockey, especially at Tux, uh, I had late nights of, with hockey and as hockey players do, we do have nice parties as well. So I've heard, I've heard stories. Oh, they're great. The ones you remember. Um, but yeah, after the first year, I, I, I didn't enjoy it. And I didn't see myself, you know, I took a step back and I didn't see myself actually in anything with the triple major. It's, there was nothing there really. And yeah. then I took a step back and I spoke to some people. And actually, my very good friend, uh, his dad is... Uh, uh, Toby Sutcliffe at, um, at Tux uh, Sports and he mm-hmm. said listen try this out and uh, it was a bit of a risk because the first year is technically well the next year has already started and mm-hmm. uh, they only take I think they only took 100 people for first year sure. and then it's cut and then luckily they said listen uh, you know we know you are you in sports are you involved here with Tux uh, someone has dropped out already in the first two weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. But what a blessing, hey? It, it, was a, it was a blessing in, in, in disguise. And, you know, it was one of those where 
I wasn't certain like, okay, cool. I don't want to start this year late. And then I started it. And yeah, ever since that, I loved it. Never and back, eh? Again, exactly. And it's, it's especially when, like I said, in, in, when we were studying, it's, there's different phases of the degree. In the first two years, it's, you're not sure what you want, but there's, you've got your medical subjects, then you've got your, your management subjects and you've mm. got your sports subjects and all that. And then eventually when you're in third year, it branches down to a bit more in depth. And then you're like, okay, cool. What do you want to go into? And then, from third year, I kind of realized this is exactly what I want. Sure. And um, But then going from honors, then I went across to VITS and I'm a very practical person and mm-hmm. Tux is a very, very, very th- theoretical um, university. Yeah. So they work a lot, you know, with the research. I mean, Semley, especially that started there now, it's a research institute. Uh-huh. Um, I think it's part of the IoT um, for in the world, one of 10, I think, of the sure. research places. So Tux is a very, you know, theoretical I was not a theoretical person. <laughs> so going to, hands on. going to VITS was a great opportunity to, to, for me to actually experience then um, in a more practical way and still being involved with the sports. And, you know, that's that was when I realized, okay, this is exactly what I want to be. It's it's sports, it's medical, it's hands-on, it's, you know. I'm and that's a- really incredible. And I must say, like, I've known you now for years and I knew you when you were studying and just see, I'm just by the way, guys, like Kevin has his own practice now. It's incredible. Um, and you can see how passionate you are about it. You can see like, you know, like this is where you're set. This is what you want to be doing. And it's incredible because now you're making such an impact on people's lives. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's always exactly that. Uh, Cause I'm, a, I'm a people's pleaser. I'm that guy that, you know, wants to help people. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's why I wanted to become a doctor initially. I wanted to work in the communities. Mm. And then I think you're much better to eventually, <laughs> eventually working and seeing that it was not uh, what, cause it's, I can't just go work as a doctor, go play sport all the time with the people. And that yeah. wasn't. And I think also, um, we, Joey and I have spoken about it a lot. Like, medicine is not what we anticipated or expected it to be at all so it's really nice to hear like a very happy story i mean i still love it i still love medicine but there's <laughs> a lot that needs to be done in this yeah, it's not so um, so it's, nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not yeah but it's nice to hear that um yeah that this is something that you followed through with and this is something that you really love what a what an incredible story mm. yeah, love hearing about passionate people enjoying what they're doing and making a difference in people's lives yeah I mean, it's hard work, long hours. Uh, I can imagine. Again, I mean, it's it's the same as every health profession. We we work with people, but we work with time. It's <laughs> yeah. it's you see as many people in the day, and you know, when you get home, then it's admin. And mm. um, sometimes you don't even have much of a life for you. Exactly. Yourself. So you love it. You love your job, but then as soon as you get back, you you know, there is no social life. Yeah, you're exhausted. So that's yeah. you know, it's all about helping people. So. But I think um, that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, I obviously, once again, really enjoyed this. Um, I think, yeah, I had no idea really what this really did. So thank you so much for coming in and sharing your insights um, and for really being an inspiration um, to this season, 100%. Kevin is one of the reasons that this season happened, just by the way, everyone. <laughs> it's a big pleasure. <laughs> um and yeah, that being said, I really hope that our listeners are just um, a bit more aware and I hope our future doctors kind of have a bit of understanding on where you fit in in this whole healthcare system and we'll be sending patients to you. 
Oh, lovely. Well, not just to me, but to all the buyers. To all the buyers. Yes, to all. Not just Kevin Crossman. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Kev, thank, thanks a lot for being on the show today. Uh, I've personally learned a lot, and I'm sure our listeners have as well. Um, and you've spoken intelligently, profoundly, and you've been entertaining, entertaining on top of that. So uh, I just want to thank yep. you once again. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime. And again, if you guys ever want me again, just <laughs> Luke, shout. Don't worry. We'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can do like Jerry, you know, just stay on the couch. <laughs> Ah, post-COVID rehab, that's what I'm busy with. I was thinking of going for a jog today, but just getting out of bed, I was short of breath, so I don't know. Maybe I'll walk around the house or walk to the fridge with that beer. (laughs) But yes. um, Yeah, yeah, I just want to say thank you so much to all of our listeners once again. um, If you guys have any input, we really love to hear it um, and we really appreciate it. We really appreciate the support. Um, and that's it from us, guys. This is Med Talk signing out. Bye.